Thank you for listening in to the Echoing Christ podcast. Today we are reviewing another book, and this book is by John Piper, and it is called Don't Waste Your Life. It talks much of what Piper has experienced in his life and what the Lord has taught him through the scripture, and I pray that the Lord uses his wisdom that God has shown him to help us not waste our lives, but rather to echo the words and teachings and life of Jesus in our lives and be productive for him. So listen in today. Welcome back to the Echoing Christ podcast. It is your host, Alex. I am here joined with Kinzer and Riley today. And as you heard from the intro, we're going to be going over yet another book. I know you guys are going to get tired of us in our book club, our Friday morning book club. (laughs) It's Um, almost over, maybe. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> hey, it's good to review Christian I mean, books. I we, mean, they're great. We, I have. This is like my fifteenth book of the year. So, I mean, we've, we've got a lot we could go over. Yeah, God's given us some like awesome teachers in the church, and this is like the way that we can have access to like the best teachers out there reading them. And you guys don't even have don't have to read the book. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah, you don't have to pay for it. We're just giving you like the golden nuggets is that, that is that like theft though. Is that like us telling no. about <laughs> no, no, we're good. Us. Yeah, just don't, just don't tell Piper, okay? Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't tell John. So, don't tell Big John. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, John Piper. I don't really know if any of that's true about him. <laughs> but his book, Don't Waste Your Life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a good read, um, mm-hmm. as <laughs> we've talked about many a times in the lead up to this. If there was a theoretical rag um, that John Piper was wringing out and you thought it was dry, he's going to find a way to like at least wring out another chapter of a book. So yes. He will absolutely... It's like the sham wow. It just keep. There's always more water. There's always more. <laughs> there, he will completely dry that thing yes. out. Yes. Like it was just sitting on the shelf at the grocery store. So... <laughs> So I will, I will yeah. let I will let Kinzer get us started today, so I can yeah. stop being goofy. <laughs> so this book is a book that I have suggested to people who are Christians and even some non-Christians. Um, it's written to really anyone at any stage of life, but particularly to those maybe in their teens, twenties, thirties, those who are at the uh, beginning stages, Lord willing, of your life and how to plot your life for the Lord and not to waste it. So the the title of the book, Don't Waste Your Life, actually comes from a time in John Piper's life when he saw his dad, who was an evangelist and a preacher. And there was this man who was very hardened toward the, toward the Lord, and he um, had been kind of coming around to church here and there for like 10 years, but he just really recalcitrant, really hardened. And one night he came forward and he was weeping, gave his heart to Christ. He was saved from his sin and he was just weeping, crying out to the Lord. And John Piper's dad is there talking with him and John Piper is there seeing all this, witnessing it. And he just remembers this man who was so hardened for so many years, crying out, I've wasted it. I've wasted it. And he's saying he wasted all those years of his life living for himself, living in sin, and he wasted his life that he could have been living for Christ. And Piper said that had a profound impact on him. And from that moment, he said, I do not want to waste my life for the Lord. I want to use every moment 
to glorify God as much as I possibly can. And he also talks about in his house, there was a plaque. I think it was over the door. So when he was leaving and going um, going out into the world, um, his parents had a plaque, and it said this. It said, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So he is convinced that at a young age that only what you do for the Lord, that is what will not be burned up. Um, Paul talks about the things that will be burned up, like the hay and wood and stubble, the things we just kind of do for ourselves, the watching TV, the going through the motions, the, the things that have nothing to do with God whenever we're not treasuring Christ, but we're treasuring something other than that. And Piper writes this book, to give us a vision for how to glorify Jesus Christ in everything. Well, and I mean, I think when you think when anybody Christian, non-Christian, think about your life, you like if you ask us, like or anybody, I think they would say they just they want to make the most of how many every years you're given. I think. Mm-hmm. I only know this because I put it in my sermon as well. You're supposed to have 70, the average person lives for 78.6 years. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it is a, a very small vapor. It's very fast. But, um, I mean, we all would want to say at the end of the day we didn't waste our life. But when you read this, and I'm not going to say, like, Piper is 100% correct on what isn't isn't a wasted life. I mean, this is man's interpretation of what God would tell us. I mean, so we're not always going to be a hundred percent spot on, but I mean, when you think of why you don't want to waste your life and like what you're doing not to, and then you see what Piper says, you might find that you're actually wasting your life. Kind of like Kenzer talked about how much time you spend just watching TV or doing out doing these things. And it's actually really funny when you break down the word amusement. So muse means to think and a means opposite. Mm. So, like, we do things for our own amusement or for amusement mm-hmm. because we don't want to think. Mm. And so you're wasting time and you're, like, the the topic says, don't waste your life. You're kind of wasting your life if, as you're, like, searching for amusement that might be apart from God. So mm-hmm. that's one of those things, like, I think about when I'm, like, trying to, like, plan my day or what I want to do is just, like, am, am I, like, seeking God with everything? And I think that's one of those things that... Piper talks about, and we'll get into that more as we go through the book here. Yeah. And, I mean, along with that, like the amusement, the not thinking um, portion of of television and these types of restful activities, Mm -hmm. like, it is good to rest. Entertainment is a form of rest. It always has been. But the ultimate rest is in Christ and dwelling upon Him. And it's not bad to watch a movie, but Piper says that... He says the problem in Western culture, in our society, is not that there's too many people out there going and neglecting their family and living for the cause of Christ and being missionaries, going across the sea and doing all these crazy things for the kingdom. They're neglecting their rest and they're they're just crazy, crazy out there for the Lord. He said, that's not our problem. He said, maybe one in a thousand have that problem. The other 999 are not risking anything. They're not doing anything for Christ. They might have a family... And he, he calls it, um, I wrote it down, he calls it the avoidance ethic. He said that's what we think Christianity is, just don't do some bad things. Mm-hmm. Don't, do, don't cheat on your wife, don't you know, use your money to 
buy a prostitute, you know, don't cheat on your taxes, don't do, like, stop doing the bad things, don't cuss, keep your family intact, and just watch some television and watch some wholesome television. No, don't watch rated R. He, he's like, we are created to build a kingdom, to be ambassadors for the king of the universe, to grow in God, to know him on a personal level, like, with fervor and passion and spirit, and that increases our joy so that we don't have to find it and be dependent on all these other little sources. Yeah, like, <clears throat> kind of the way I think about it is we don't want to be bad, and so it's easy to be neutral, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. getting to the point of, you know, just having a normal, good, in the world's eyes, life, but we need to strive for perfection. I mean, that's what becoming holy is, going farther away from sin. So even leaving neutrality and striving for positive gospel positivity. And I mean, one of the things we're, we're going to kind of get into here today is we kind of just bounce around from our like list of like topics. I mean, when it talks about love, I mean, and he talks about love in the book. And I mean... You were talking about being neutral. I mean, you think about, like, those hard conversations you have to have with people. I mean, it could be something that you want to share with someone, and, like, you're like, well, that might just not make them like me, and it might be a hard conversation to have, but it's not very loving not mm-hmm. to, if it's, if you someone needs correcting, like, it, it wouldn't be very loving not to correct them. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. I think it's very simple to say that. I mean, if... If you like, if you were to call someone, if someone was to call themselves a Christian and they're not living that lifestyle, I mean, we're also taught the Bible teaches us iron sharpens iron, so you're mm-hmm. therefore lovingly supposed to call them out and and correct their actions. So, I mean, you can't be neutral, like Riley was saying. Like, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it's just one of those things like you kind of have to walk a fine line, mm-hmm. and but but don't just be like, you know what, I just. I don't want them not to like me, so I'm not yeah. going to say something yeah. about yeah. it. I mean, especially in in your Christian family, not mm-hmm. so much your. It's I feel I feel like it's easier to call out your biological family, like mm-hmm. oh, your little brother or little sisters, you know, mm-hmm. being like, oh, you need to be out in the church more. Mm-hmm. But like your your spiritual family, your brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, it's like these people aren't my blood relatives. Mm-hmm. Like, they can just like leave the church. They can mm-hmm. leave me. Yeah, it's so much harder. I feel like to call them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, Joseph Kellerman. He says they're not your blood relatives, mm-hmm. but they're your blood bought relatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like in one sense, um, obviously, if your biological family is Christian, yeah, they're that family too. Yeah. But in one sense, your most down to earth grassroots family mm-hmm. are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if you're, if you have a sibling or a parent. Who is not a Christian, mm-hmm. you will not be living with them forever. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not your forever family. But these people are the people you yeah. can, like build off of and, like mm-hmm. your whole life. And, yeah. Like, this is the people I'm with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Piper has a quote in this book. Um, I believe it's in chapter two at the end. It says to make people feel good about knowing God and to make them like feel that God's love is only to uplift you and not to like rebuke you is to take somebody to the Alps and then lock them in a room full of mirrors. Like, here you go. You know, just look at yourself. I mean, you're right at this point of beauty, yet you can just look at yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like all about you. 
It's yeah. grasping mm-hmm. the beauty of God's love. Yeah, and, and Piper's there. He's kind of critiquing the world's view of love. And, you know, people will often quote the Bible verse, God is love. Well, what do you mean by love? Well, let's have God's definition. God's definition of love is what is best for you and what is best for him. So Piper, and this is kind of Piper's calling card, his kind of mantra, if you will. It is this, that humans are most satisfied whenever God is most glorified. So he argues that in Christ, your joy in God's glory rise and fall together, which means you will be happier if you are more in love and glorifying God, and you will be more depressed and sad and down the less you know and cherish and treasure God. So right there... What Riley just was talking about with the Alps, which is like a beautiful mountain range, um, that would be like if if everyone said the world is to make you happy. True love is to try to help people love themselves. I mean the the self help, all those books out there. You just gotta love yourself. You gotta be the true you. Um, and so many people are living that lie. We think that love is self esteem. We need to get people encouraged in themselves. They need to do it. But he said that would be like taking you to what? This beautiful mountain range and locking you in a room to look at yourself full of mirrors. We were not made to see ourselves. We were made to see God. And that's what makes us truly joyful. Yeah, with the self-help and and the worldly beliefs, I, I think it would be very overwhelming to try to find your own way. Mm, yeah like, like for the, sure the bible i can read it i can be like man that's a hard truth but i know it's true mm-hmm. but with self-help and you know secular you know philosophy mm-hmm. in general you can look at one person's view and then you take it and you read another book and they have a different view and they're both like this is the way it is but they have no basis for anything Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I feel like it'd be so hard to find your way, and that, I mean, that explains the depression rate of our generations, Gen Z and Millennial, because everybody's trying to find their own way, but there's no basis for truth. Find, yeah. Define your truth is like one of the biggest quotes of our, our era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing like that ties into what Riley said, and I think. Piper does a very good job of it in chapter three. It would be called, and like if you were to give this book another title other than Don't Waste Your Life, I think it would be Boasting Only in the Cross. And he talks about, he says, um, it says, one, may the only thing that you cherish and the one thing that you rejoice in and exalt over may be the, be the cross of Jesus Christ. And he kind of talks about like, just like you guys were talking, I mean, if you're, quit to go up to the Alps and look in a room full of mirrors and just look at yourself. I mean, you're going to boast in yourself. I mean, he kind of talks mm-hmm. about in this, because I had seen this Bible verse so many times, like one of my favorite CrossFit athletes, Rich Froning, has it tattooed on his ribcage, and it's Galatians 6.14. And I had never really understood it because I, I had read it many times, and I was like, I, I just don't understand exactly what's being said here. But Piper does a great job of breaking it down when he says, If we desire that there be no boasting except in the cross, then we must live near the cross. Indeed, we must live on the cross. And he says, um, 
this is, and so he talks about Galatians six fourteen, when he says, where Paul says, "Far be it from me to boast, except in the Christ of our, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world." Boasting in the cross only, ha- or yeah, boasting in the cross happens when you are on the cross. Is that not what Paul says here? Um, he says, "The world has been crucified to me." And I, and here's where Piper adds in that makes it a little bit easier to understand. He says, have been crucified to the world. The world is dead to me, and I am dead to the world. Why? Because I have been crucified. We learn to boast in the cross and exalt in the cross when we are on the cross. And until ourselves are crucified there, we bo- we boast only in ourselves. So, I mean, I think, and I think that's what Piper's saying here, is like talking about being on the Alps and being in a room full of mirrors just looking at yourself. I mean, it's it's solely boasting in me, look at my accomplishments, let me look at the greatness of myself, mm-hmm. when we need to be the exact opposite. It's it's not about me. I mean, it's kind of like my shirt says right now, it says Christ alone, but I mean, I have another shirt that says God first, and it's like we're taught, God first, others second, yeah. self last. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the way we're taught to be, and that's the way, I mean, unfortunately, I even, I myself sometimes, I struggle with how I how I manage that order. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times in the way we idolize things. Mm-hmm. A good mm-hmm. acronym is JOY. Jesus, others, yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, Riley just spitting the, the facts <laughs> out for you today. So if you've learned yeah. nothing else from today, remember JOY. Yes. Yeah, so like that portion there with being crucified with Christ, your life is with Christ, and you're, now you're living to Christ through faith in mm-hmm. the Son of God. Um, Piper talks about there in Galatians how we have died mm-hmm. with Christ. And Alex was just mentioning mm-hmm. that. And that is your flesh, your mm-hmm. sinful nature. Though you still carry it around like a dead corpse behind you, but you, your old ways, have died. So he's like, why would you try to be like living in those things that are not going to give you Christ? Mm-hmm. Why would you just be kind of going through some motions or even in sin. Um, in Hebrews, it says you need to cast off everything that hinders your running. It's not just sinful things. It can be like eating too all the time or like being obsessed with whatever it is, you know, or it can be a sport. Like sports are good, but like when it becomes an obsession, uh, you know, there can be good things and there's best things. Um, but the point of being crucified is you are dying to those things all the time, mm-hmm. but then you're living to Christ so that everything you do lives to Jesus. And and he talks about how, I think you might have that section here, every good mm-hmm. thing that comes is only because of the cross of Christ. And yeah, because he says... Be, um he says, because for redeemed sinners, every good thing, indeed every bad thing that God turns for good, was obtained for us by the cross of Christ. Apart from death, the death of Christ, sinners get nothing but judgment. And apart from the cross of Christ, there is only condemnation. Therefore, everything that you enjoy in Christ as a Christian, as a person who turns to or trusts Christ, is owing the death is yeah is owing the death death of Christ. And all your rejoicing and all things should be therefore, mm-hmm. or yeah, all things should be therefore be a rejoicing of the cross where all your blessings were purchased for you at the cost of death of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And I actually remember now, um, now that you were talking about that, um, 
another verse, and I can't remember exactly what it is when I start talking about it. I know you'll remember it. But where Paul says, um, to live is God and to die is, to die is gain. So, because I know he talks about it, and that's, what, that's the one I was trying to remember when we were planning mm-hmm. this out. I mean, kind of like the same thing. And I don't know if maybe I'm just jumping to a completely different topic here. I might be, but um, cause that's another one that Piper does the same thing. He kind of just rings it out and lets you know, like, what's being said here. I mean, to, and it, think of your life this way, like, to live, and this is obviously after your salvation, mm-hmm. after you come to Christ, um, would be like everything you do is to spread the gospel, is to share mm-hmm. the gospel and mm-hmm. with people, with everybody in your everyday life. And then, so the weird part becomes where it says, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. Well, if you die for that cause yeah. and for the cause of Christ, it mm-hmm. only glorifies him more. Yeah. So that's that was one of those things, like, because I, yet again, much like Galatians 6.14, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, what exactly is being said here? Mm-hmm. And like Piper, so Piper is amazing at like just diving in and pulling more out of this verse mm-hmm. than you might see if you just look at it at a surface level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've got something on here also in chapter 3. He gives two scenarios. So the first one is um, here from the, straight from the book. Uh, in April 2000, Ruby Eliasson and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon, West Africa. Ruby was over 80, single all of her life. She poured it out for one great thing, to make Jesus Christ known among the unreached, the poor and the sick. Laura was a widow and a medical, and a medical doctor. Wait, yeah. Pushing 80 years old and serving at Ruby's side in Cameroon. The brakes failed, the car went over a cliff, and they were both killed instantly. So that's the first example of somebody who devoted up until the end, never mm-hmm. retired mm-hmm. from the mission field, just yeah. kept going. And here is the second example, which he calls an American tragedy. She said in a copy of Re- Reader's Digest, a couple took an early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast um, five years ago when he was 59 and when his wife was 51. They now live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. At first, when he read it, he thought it might be a joke, a spoof of the American dream, but it wasn't. Tragically, you know, the dream had come to the end it was the dream come to the end of your life, your one and only precious God-given life, and let the last great work of your life be before <laughs> to give an account to your Creator being this, playing softball and collecting shells. Mm. You know, like, you can just go up to Christ. You're like, mm. oh, I have no... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, kids are just showing me that meme. <laughs> I'm sorry. Going up to Christ and being like, oh, where's your crown? To like lay at Christ's mm. feet, and you're just like, well, got, here are the shells. Got some seashells. <laughs> yeah, I batted like, 350 in my softball league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple homers, man. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It's like he called. He says like that first story that Riley read about those two women. You know, brakes failing, crashing over a hill. He said the words they'd used to describe that was a tragedy. He said, that's not a tragedy, that's glory. They were using their lives. They were not wasting. He said, the second one, that's a tragedy because you have, you don't have your eternal lens on. It's sad. Well, and if you go back to, like, chapter 2 after reading that, and I know it's like we're flopping all the way through this mm-hmm. book, but 
when you understand like the power of the gospel and like and he titles it in this little section of the chapter the gospel is the good news of the glory of christ mm-hmm. and so i mean he says the gospel is the good news of the all-conquering beauty or to say it the way Paul does, it's the good news of the glory of Christ. When we embrace Christ, we embrace God. We see the Savior's glory. There is no savior, savoring the glory, God's glory if we do not see it in Christ. Mm. Um, this is the only window through which a sinner may see the face of God and not be incinerated. Mm. So kind of talking about sharing like the gospel with these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just hedging off of that. I mean, and you'll see it later at the end of the book. I mean, so like these two ladies and mm-hmm. just these reached these unreached areas. I mean, because we've talked about it before on here, you'd almost think there's no way that not everybody has not heard about the story of Jesus Christ and about the Bible. But then you hear these hard facts in chapter nine of this book, and I actually have it saved here um, in just some of these countries. Like, let me get to it, where he talks about um, in Libya, six million people. And perhaps 10 indigenous people are believers. Um, In the Maldives, it's one of the most closed-off countries in the world, so the gospel doesn't get there. Um, North Korea is basically, it's with it being communist, there's no, like, it's not open to people to witness or a church for, like, the past 50 years. Saudi Arabia, the headquarters of the Islam and the Saudi uh, believers, um, if you're found... As a believer over there, you're executed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you just hear these, um, like these, just stats, and then it kind of I think just opens your eyes to like people like stories like this, and you wonder why aren't more people mm-hmm. like those people that are chilling down in Florida collecting seashells and just retiring? And then you read stats like that, mm-hmm. and if you're truly sold out to the gospel and sold out to Christ and going where He would send you. And following God's plan, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, you would you would completely see that, and then be like, okay, like I know what my purpose is now. That I need to maybe maybe it might, I might not be the person that's supposed to be on the mission, but how can I help the mission? Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's that's kind of what a good thing the mm-hmm. Piper does. I mean, he lays the facts the first time, talks about the importance of the gospel, and then kind of. Like gives you, mm-hmm. gives you some like evidence of it too later yeah. on. Yeah, and I mean he quotes Paul mm-hmm. from First Corinthians when Paul says, "I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and Him crucified." And he says, "How how can that be?" And he said, "Well, that's the heart of it all. Jesus at the center, knowing Him, and then moving and plotting your whole life after that." Um, so there's a quote I want to read from him here about what Alex is just saying, connecting Mm -hmm. the truth to actually acting on it. Mm -hmm. So he says this, you don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in the world, but you do have to know the few great things that matter, perhaps just one, and then be willing to live for them and die for them. The people that make a durable difference in the world are not the people who have mastered many things, but who have been mastered by one great thing. If you want your life to count, if you want the ripple effect, think echo effect, of the pebbles you drop to become waves that reach the ends of the earth and roll on into eternity, you don't need to have a high IQ. 
You don't have to have good looks or riches or come from a fine family or a fine school. Instead, you have to know a few great, majestic, unchanging, obvious, simple, glorious things or one great, all-embracing thing and be set on fire by them. And it is to know God and know Christ crucified, which sets your whole life ablaze. Well, and I mean, it's like he talks about right at the end of chapter 2, when he's talking about, like, either we see, I'll just read exactly what he says, he says, either we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, or we don't see it at all. In the face of Jesus Christ is the beauty of Christ reaching its climax in the cross. The bloody face of Christ crucified and triumphant is the countenance of the glory of God, and this is what like I think you're kind of talking no. about there. What was once foolish to us mm. becomes our wisdom and our power and our boast. And that's First mm. Corinthians one verses eighteen and twenty four. Mm. And he says, Piper says, life is wasted if we do not grasp the glory of the cross, mm. cherish it for the treasure that it is, and cleave to it as the highest price of our every pleasure and the deepest comfort in every pain. Yes. And then he asked the question, how can we get from us cherishing and moving from foolishness to wisdom to the, the rest of the world moving from that? And he says, how does Christ get the glory he deserved? He says, the answer is that this generation has to be taught that these things are so, or has to say to another, the source of exaltation in the cross of Christ is education about the cross of Christ. So that's partially what this podcast is. It is education about Jesus. Therefore, he will be exalted more in our lives, in the lives of you who are listening. And then it is our role to then go out and educate the world about who Jesus is, about what he did. Um. But there is much in in these chapters about dying to yourself. Um, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks mm-hmm. about how if you're called to be a Christian, you're called to die. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a difficult thing mm-hmm. to exalt Christ because Christ is humiliated mm-hmm. before he's exalted. And actually, Piper does talk about his book, The Cost of Discipleship, and he said he read it during like his senior year of college, and he says the most famous and life-shaping sentence in that book was the cross is not the terrible into the otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. Mm-hmm. When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then he says, fleeing from death is the shortest path to a wasted life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't die to self, like we've been saying a mm-hmm. lot today, and like Piper reiterates so much, you're wasting your life. Yeah. I mean, I know that's just super scary just to say, like, you've wasted your life. But, I mean, you have. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're put on this earth with one purpose, mm-hmm. and, yes, we all have different gifts, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if it's to glorify and boast in the cross and then yeah. magnify Christ and make sure that we're sharing the gospel, if that's mm-hmm. what your, like, life is and you run from that, you've wasted yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And it's simple. It's yeah. that simple. I mean, me looking for, like, what education I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Before I really took Christianity seriously, it was like, what's, what's going to make the most amount of money easily? Mm-hmm. Do I even need to go to a college? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that's that's what the world's looking for right now. How do I make, how do I get rich quick? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, on TikTok, on all kinds of social media right now, you see, mm-hmm. here's a side hustle you can do over the summer to get, get in like $20,000. Yeah. Like, that's what the world's chasing. It's like, yeah, I could, I could probably invest my time and money mm-hmm. into that and, you know, set myself off well, you know, at a young start. Yeah. But you really, you really have to just, like, have faith. You could be like, first of all, does God need me in ministry? Does God need me doing this for the church? Does God need me doing that for the church? Like, am I going to be able to serve God fully and still have this job? And then I realized, I was like, probably not. You know, ministry is a full-time job. And that's what I felt called towards. So I really had to just put all my obligations behind me. And I was just like, you know, every time I tell somebody who's like a Christian, but they're not, they don't look too much into the faith, you know, like a lukewarm Christian, or not even a lukewarm Christian, like people who are just worried about finance. Mm-hmm. I've, I've not really ever been worried about financial. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm still living at home, you know, but mm-hmm. they're like, man, don't you know, like, preachers don't make that much money I'm like that's I, I'm aware of that but I 100% trust God that he will mm-hmm. take care of me and yeah. tell me to live mm-hmm. in a huge house and have all this property and everything it's like mm-hmm. God will give me what I need to survive as long as I'm serving mm-hmm. him yeah well, and if you look at like two things um, I mean if we're talking about worry I mean if we look about what I'm about to do a sermon on in a couple of weeks I mean if you go to the book of Matthew chapter 6 starting in like the verse 25 I mean he talks about therefore he says do not like Jesus says do not worry about your life what you will eat what you drink what you will wear mm-hmm. He's, and he talks about the birds and how they don't worry and he says but your heavenly father takes care of them he says mm-hmm. aren't you much more valuable to him mm-hmm. than birds and we know like I mean this is arrogant to say but we know we are mm-hmm. I mean we were created in his image mm-hmm. so I mean, if he takes care of them, he'll take care of you. And so I think if you're worried about these ways of the world, then you have your priorities wrong. Mm-hmm. And to speak on your get-rich-quick schemes, there's you know why there's so many of them is they don't work. And I'm going to get profound here with what I'm about to say. But if you don't want to waste your life, there's only one way. And God gave us that way in his son, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And he mm-hmm. said, follow him, and you mm-hmm. will not waste your life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, and think about what's the end of why do you want to do those get rich schemes? Why it's because you can spend it on your passions. And yeah, you can collect your shells at the end. Yeah, of yeah, and it's just it's so sad the end of these things. But <laughs> and then you think, well, what's 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 Christians? What do we yeah, have in the yeah, end? Like for a Christian, mm-hmm. or like for a secular, like unsaved person, yeah, the end of your life is the end of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a Christian, that's that's the door opening to endless joy, pleasures at His yeah. right hand forevermore. Yeah. Psalm it's sixteen like, eleven. Good, give me. Yeah, I don't need to build up my. You know, the mm-hmm. Bible says, "Do not build up treasures on this yeah. earth, exactly. in this life." Mm-hmm. That's I've taken that to heart. Yes, that Amen. Like the verse you just quoted, mm-hmm. I took that to heart. You know, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a verse in Philippians that says that. God will provide all that you need according to his riches and glory. It's not riches and money. He has glory. He doesn't, he's not dealing with these, he's going to provide, like he will. Yeah, like one of the Absolutely. verses on my wall before I erased it. <laughs> it was a good toss, but it said, um, you cannot serve two masters mm, yeah. just as you cannot serve God 
and, and money. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. You can't do both. It's impossible. But that sometimes entails, but th that there will be suffering. There will be some har some yeah. hardship. He'll give you what you need, not what you want. And there, when temptation comes, so temptation of the world to want things that you don't need, that in and of itself, mm -hmm. temptation is a form of suffering. Mm -hmm. That's what it says in Hebrews. But we're going to suffer a lot. But the Bible says that that is how you trust in God more. Um, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 12.9 when Paul says, um, he's quote, God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And Piper says many professing Christians would get angry at that design. They would even scream, I don't care about being, your power being perfected in me. I'm in pain. Like, get me out of this. And Paul's like, God's not concerned about pain reduction. Mm -hmm. He's concerned about you knowing him and treasuring him. Yeah. Because that's your highest good. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I mean, you can, like Piper talks about later on in the book, work was always something we were going to have to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, so... You and your get-rich-quick schemes to sit at home on the couch and watch TV and waste your life was never part of the plan. I mean, you can go back no. to Genesis 2-2 where, he, I mean, and that's where he kind of talks about where, like, he gives the command, like, we're going to have to work. Yeah. Now, it's because of our fall that work sucks. I mean, and it's it's not always fun. I mean, because it was supposed to be intended to just to be fun and be, like, glorifying to God with what we did but because of the fall of man it is what it is now mm -hmm. but I mean you still have to work you can't be idle in what you do and one big thing he does talk about in these six points of like um, making much of Christ in like your secular work um, is making enough like money so that you're not dependent on people mm -hmm. but then in making enough money to turn around and then therefore glorify God and how does he word it? Let me find it. He says, being able to earn enough money with the desire to use that money mm, to make amen. others glad yeah. in God. So even yeah. if you're that person that, I mean, like, um, like Jeff Bezos, for instance, mm -hmm. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know what he does with his bank account. I'm not going to assume, <laughs> but I mean, you know what, if he's with whatever he has, if he's doing it to glorify God, I mean, then his heart's in the right place. I mean, if he's doing it to make much of God, I know there's some people that are probably mad with that much money, but that's not really any of your concern. But it, I mean, if he's doing it, to, that's something, if he's not doing with the resources that God has given him, that's something he'll have to answer for. And, but. and that's, that's a mindset that really only a Christian can have. Mm -hmm. Because once a non-believer's money runs out, that's the end of their joy right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. that's, that's by the means they're getting evicted mm -hmm. from their house, yeah. they're losing their car. Mm -hmm. You know, wife's coming, probably going to split mm -hmm. on you. But a Christian, mm -hmm. when your joy runs out, a lot of the time, that's where you're going to find God, and that's where mm -hmm. your everlasting, yeah. eternal mm -hmm. happiness comes from. Yeah. I mean, Jesus tells multiple parables about money. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing, almost every parable he tells is basically this insane reality that you can use temporal money to Effect change in an eternal state to like use your money, what God's given you, mm -hmm. to like send a missionary. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Like 
that's our purpose here to use the physical means and blessings Mm -hmm. that we are stewards of Mm -hmm. to actually affect eternal Mm -hmm. change and realities Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that is that's an investment i mean stock exchanges retirement plans those can happen but what is the actual investment are you investing for the 78.6 years you're here Mm -hmm. Or you say, oh, I'm going to leave a legacy. My grandkids, you know, I'm going to be in the graveyard. Everyone's going to know about me. Well, let me tell you this. Here's a fact. Your great-great-great-grandchildren will not know your name. Exactly. I, mean, I don't know my great-great-great-grandfather or grandmother. I don't know any of their names. I doubt either of you two do I, either. I only know my, like, the first I can go back is my great-grandma on my mother's dad's side. That's as yeah. far as I can go. Yeah, so leaving a legacy, I mean, people will say, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, he's left a legacy, you know, RIP, he's, you know, he's he's never going to die. Well, no, he, he died, he died <laughs> and from what we can tell, he's probably not in heaven. Um, I'm not going to say that for sure, but maybe he had a time when he came to Christ late in his life. But Kobe Bryant is not here, and his legacy will die. A legacy is not lasting forever. Only what you do for Christ lasts, yeah. as Piper said in the beginning. And in chapter 4, he gives a difference. Um, one of his titles is, There's a difference between sacrifice and suicide. Like, mm. don't... That's true. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I can't remember exactly the story, but it's of three guys on the ocean. You know, they're, they're out there, and they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to die out here. And the guy's like, No, I'm praying to God that he'll come and save me. Mm-hmm. Praying to God that will come and save me. And then a boat comes and picks up the two guys. And the other guy's like, nope, God's going to save me. Mm. And God's like, that was your means to get out. Yeah. Like, don't, like, you don't have to give everything. Like, if God's calling you to have, like, this place, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you can use that to God's yeah. glory. You don't have to always be mm-hmm. sacrificing. You don't always have to be saving either. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference. And you got to yeah. find what God is trying to exactly. tell you. Exactly. Use, use wisdom. I mean, he, he quotes from Bunyan. John Bunyan was in prison. All right, for preaching, and he would not stop preaching when he was in the prison cell. The man was just preaching, <laughs> and but he had left at home his wife and his children. He had a daughter who was blind and really needed him. So he he was wrestling with this. He's like to preach or not to preach. He's like I got I have obligations to my family, and he said it's like what is God calling you in the moment? He said, do you stand or do you flee? He, he quotes times when Moses stood. And when Moses left, Jesus sometimes would flee the crowds whenever it was getting crazy. Could he have, like, stopped them and shut them up and just spoke truth? Sure. But sometimes he left, sometimes he stood. Paul did the same thing. Peter did the same thing. Um, Peter obviously fled one time when he... It was in sin, but... um, it you can do both, like the sacrifice and not suicide. There's wisdom that's involved there for sure. Yeah, and discernment. Um, but yeah, I think a last thing we'll, we might kind of close up here. Well, you might have something else, but is is Piper makes a big point that we are at war. Mm. This is not peacetime. This is wartime. But he said most Christians leave, live like we're at peacetime. We just kind of go home and relax. Don't realize that there's demonic powers ruling certain parts of our city. And we're collecting our seashells, watching TV. Um, and he... Let's see if I can find this. Um, he says our affluence... 
or all our money, has allowed both mobility and isolation of the nuclear family, and as a result, our divorce courts, our prisons, and our mental institutions are flooded. In saving ourselves, we have nearly lost ourselves. And he talks about how, you know, back in the day, we didn't have, you know, all these machines and do all this work for us, and, you know, we didn't have all the medicine, so we suffered from malnutrition and pneumonia and these things. He said, but now we have, like heart diseases and strokes because of the food and we have lung cancer because of smoking we have alcoholism we have divorce battered children suicide all these things and he's saying that we're just kind of relaxing and life is coming at us and it's really sucky and but he's saying you can have the best of both you can suffer but actually be suffering as you're working and not suffering as you're resting and just living, wasting your life away. Mm-hmm. He, he gives this vision of you're in a bunker. When you go home, you shouldn't be like, okay, I'm just going to my safe haven. He, sa- he said, no, you're in a wartime bunker, and prayer is your walkie-talkie, and you need to be talking to God. You need to be building your children up. You need to be praying. You need to be seeking how can i change my town my family my friends for christ like what is the next thing he says kids i don't teenagers college kids young people i don't old people anyone middle-aged older i don't want you thinking about how you can increase the democracy in america though that is kind of important he says you need to be thinking how can i advance the kingdom of god today right now how can i advance how can i not waste my life right now how can i use this moment for eternity and that's the big question that is asked in this book and piper believes if you have christ you can effect change in the world and and then it's not this like so of a daunting task but it's actually a joyful task he says that this is what gets him up in the morning. So joyful to give God glory. Um, do you guys have any? So, yeah. I'll finish with mine, but I'll let Riley go first. Yeah, so here's um, chapter 8, the conclusion for it. In conclusion, secular work is not a waste when we make such, <clears throat> when we make such of Christ from 8 to 5. God's will in this age is that his people be scattered like salt and light in all legitimate vocations. His aim is to be known because knowing him is life and joy. He does not call us out of the world. He does not remove us <clears throat> He does not remove the need to work. He does not destroy society and culture. Through his scattered saints he spreads a passion for his supremacy in all things for the joy of all peoples. If you <clears throat> work like the world, you will waste your life, no matter how rich you get. But if your work creates a web of redemptive relationships and becomes as an adornment for the gospel of the glory of Christ, your satisfaction will last forever, and God will be exalted in your joy. So he's saying, like, if like if everybody's a preacher, we kind of talked about this earlier in the week, with our VBS lessons, but if everybody does one job, you know, if, if all of the Christians are out of the mm. secular workforce, there's not going to be somebody to have that conversation of the gospel at the water cooler mm-hmm. in the office building. Yeah. And I'll close in this, and it's just something good to leave you thinking about and just 
just to remember, and he simply, Piper says, the Calvary Road is costly and painful, but it is not joyless. So yeah. Yeah. we embrace the joy, we embrace with joy the cost of following Christ, and his worth will shine in this world. So it might be hard and it might not always be fun and seem worthwhile, but it is absolutely worth following Christ with everything you do. Don't don't try to stand before the throne of God with seashells. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to close this out? Yeah. Sure. Dear God, thank you for this day. I thank you for allowing us to be here and reading John Piper's book, Don't Waste Your Life, Lord. Help us not to waste our lives. Help us not to get to your throne, Lord, to get to your feet and throw up our shells. Help us to have crowns to cast to you, Lord. Help us in our secular jobs, in our, in our lives, that our riches would be built up for you and for your glory, Lord. Let us just be vessels for you and how you want us to act, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 See you guys next week.